Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. Hello and welcome to the QTB podcast. My name is Nick and I am joined by the one, the only, it's the hat clad dad with the D-pad. It's QTB's Brad. What's going on, man? Nick, I mean, can we just say, I mean, I feel like you you started well and you had something for Bruno every week and now you've upped your game. You've brought in your A level, A plus level uh, to wah. this with me now in your intros for me. I mean, it's incredible. I learned from the best. Yeah. You did. But you know Definitely. what is also incredible <laughs> about today's episode? Yeah. We have we got? A, we got another special guest. Can you tell our listeners mm-hmm. who we got today? Yeah, this is uh, we are so excited to have her. This is Clara Mount from the Replay Podcast. Clara, welcome to Quit the Build. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, we. It, it's great to have you. We were just talking in the pre-show. You know that we uh, we've kind of uh, worked together in some capacity. You know, uh, of course, we were a, a sponsor of of the Replay Podcast in the last season, and I mean, just great content there in the gaming space. So we're going to get into that and, and talk about what you've got going on, um, and of course, uh, the Victor Media Group. Um, as well, but uh, yeah, you know, as you know, gaming news is what we're all about, and we got to get into it. A lot to talk about today, right, Brad? Oh, I think we've got a ton to come at tonight. Or, you know, for me, the big story I'm looking forward to is Xbox responding and kind of throwing some shade back at uh, Kotaku for that Game Pass burnout uh, statement they made in the news. You know, and you know whether they were joking or not you know that was a uh, quite the little uh you know clickbait article they put out there for folks to take a look at so exactly and of course you know speaking of shade there's a lot of shade on the internet Brad and that's why we got to say our today's big sponsor is of course our friends over at ExpressVPN and i got to tell you you know these days on the internet it's really not about you know what what website has had a data breach recently. It's the exact opposite. What website hasn't had a data breach, right? And that's why with ExpressVPN, you can make sure that your online identity is protected. Uh, you know, an, an AARP report actually found that 42 million people were victims of identity theft in 2021, costing over $50 billion in losses. So don't become a statistic. Get ExpressVPN and protect your online activity today. Uh, just one subscription gets you access to the web app. They have an and- uh, Android iOS app and even a router uh, installation that will protect your router as well. Um, and you can also connect to just about any location you can think of. Uh, so geoblocked websites and all that content that apparently like the UK Netflix has that we just don't get. What's the deal with that, by the way? Uh, you can get it when you use ExpressVPN. So use our link, tryexpressvpn.com slash QTB. That's T-R-Y expressvpn.com slash QTB to find out how you can get three months for free. The link is in the description. How you like them apples? That was, I mean, Nick, you're just, I mean, you've got it down, man. I mean, if I were to try to do that, I'd flub every other word. I'd say express PVN, like I would totally botch it. So everyone, it's try expressvpn.com slash quit the build. QTB. There you go. Okay. 
<laughs> our big story for today. And this is, okay, and this might be the only story. I know we said we had a lot to get into, but this is, um, there's been a lot of conversation happening around this. And I will say, we're kind of in that, in that slump, right, in between where June is where a lot of the big announcements come out. Even though E3 really isn't a thing, a lot of showcases are still planned during that E3 time. And so it's really more about just conversations about gaming than actual gaming news. And And this is a big one because... Our uh, our uh, friends, is that the word I want? Our friends at Kotaku have put out an article, and this is not the article you're looking at. This is over at uh, purexbox.com, talking about how um, Xbox throw, uh, was throwing some major shade um, at some claims that uh, Kotaku was uh, creating in a clickbait article talking about Game Pass burnout. So here's what happens, and you can see, if, if you're watching this, of course, uh, on YouTube.com slash build or on Spotify, uh, you can see this tweet from Kotaku um, linking to this article about, oh, after years of hype, you know, the Xbox Game Pass burnout is here. Xbox Game Pass claps back, and you love to see it when the check marks start getting into it on Twitter, saying, tell me you limit yourself to only AAA games without telling me you limit yourself to only AAA games. So we don't even need to get into like what direction this is going in. But Brad, come on, give me a hot take. What are you thinking? I think I think Kotaku is way out of line here. I mean, they're, they're, first of all, Game Pass in itself is such a great value to the consumer. First and foremost, you have it, it's the Netflix of gaming, right? Like you have an entire library of AAA and indie games at your disposal to try at any time. And so for Kotaku to claim burnout already, that to me, one, is not only saying that our gaming base is tired of playing video games, it's saying that our developers are making bad games. They're saying, oh, well, there's nothing out there to play and everyone's played it, so it's not a good value. And that to me is you're pissing off everyone, right? First and foremost, you're pissing yeah. off everyone. Secondly, you're throwing shade at the model, which for me, I think is also bad because in my opinion, Game Pass guarantees success for any level of developer, right? In a normal business model, you spend X amount of dollars to develop and put out the game. And you hope over time through marketing and the money you spend on marketing and, you know, um, you know, advertising for the game for people to buy it, that you eventually ac accumulate X back plus more to then have revenue, right? Game Pass ensures for any level of developer that you're going to get that X value back at launch because it allows, you're getting that deal through Xbox and Microsoft to be able to, you're getting that instantly on day one. And so then really, right. you know, and for certain games, you're going to get a huge, a bigger player base that would even look at playing your game than if you put it out independently. And so, you know, that to me is shows that there's value for especially for the indie game developers who maybe don't have the budget to spend on a huge marketing campaign to be able to get it on commercials get it in the you know get into people's you know celebrities or influencers hands to put out a, a twitch stream on playing and saying how great the game is right so you know and a lot of them would lose money in the rental and used game market right so it's like one person buys it says ah, i didn't like it sells it at a GameStop, and someone goes picks it up for five bucks right and all of a sudden now these indie game makers or others are not making the money they would make even by just going and putting it on Game Pass. So I think across the board, it's a shot at the gaming base, it's a shot at the developers, and it's a shot at the business model, which I think in every case, Kotaku's wrong. But that's my little TED Talk, so I'll kick it over. I'll kick it over our special guest. What do you, what do you think about this, uh, this article and Xbox's uh, kind of shade back at them? So, I mean... I can kind of go both ways on this, right? Like I've I've never I shouldn't say I've never been an Xbox fan. 
I had an Xbox 360, but they did not win the exclusives game, and I switched to PlayStation. And that's been a consistent theme. Like, to me, this is just the return of that combat between PlayStation and Xbox and who's going to win. And is it going to be over the exclusive titles? Cause PlayStation always wins that game. Like, why are we here? But, uh, I do hear what you're saying about the indie developers and I'm a big indie gamer myself. Like the majority of the games that I play probably are, I shouldn't say probably definitely are indie games that nobody's ever fucking heard of. So like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, and I, personally have not signed up for xbox game pass because there hasn't been titles that have grabbed me enough um that i haven't already owned in my steam library of way too many games so like it hasn't gotten me on the subscription model but i see the value that it adds to gamers who like are just trying to try different things or or you know i have a lot of friends that use it because they like to be able to just pull up and be like oh i'm gonna pull up a game for an hour and play this and like that kind of enjoyment is you can't put money on that first of all you can't put money on that. Right. However, I have to say about the shade, Xbox, you could have responded without punching down. That was a little low. Gotcha. You did just say fuck you to all of your people that do like those AAA games. And that's mm -hmm. not a great look. Oh, that's actually my. a pretty bad look. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, soundboard. <laughs> but like, I mean... I get it. I get it. They're trying to do this indie game market and that's really the edge. And frankly, like that's why they're going to be PS plus in my opinion, but like mm. it, it's, it's the indie games, but, but isolating but your fan base, but isolating your fan base <laughs> that likes AAA games, maybe wasn't the, the smartest community management call there. Like, but, but it, it definitely seems like a snap call. It does. But Xbox does offer, allow folks to play a game. Uh, Triple A games day one on the Game Pass, where PlayStation still makes you buy it for seventy bucks. Oh so. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. I mean, I've got I've got some questions for PlayStation if I ever get to talk to them. But you know, <laughs> it, it's it's you still could have responded without punching down at the people that enjoy Triple A games. Some of my favorite titles of all time have been Triple A games, and right. and that was enough to get me to switch from an Xbox 360 to a PlayStation 4 at the next gen, literally. So like. Yeah. No, not, I, I see where you're coming from. Not the best. Yeah. PR. All right, Nick. Right, no, and give 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 us the the tie break here. It sounds like we're on two sides of the okay. coin. Where are you at? Well, I don't know about the tie break, but I mean, we we can kind of drill down deeper, right? Because if you actually get rid of the clickbaitiness of the article from Kotaku, what they're essentially talking about is a conversation that we've already had on this podcast last week, which was that with the delay of of you know, big upcoming games like Starfield and Redfall. That, that Xbox has lost its luster of, you know, these upcoming AAA releases that are that are going to be on the Xbox and Xbox exclusive will be available on day one. So since we don't really have anything else for the remainder of 2022 on the AAA side, the question is, do the indie games really provide enough value for new releases to make somebody want to play? And I, I think this boils down to the bigger conversation that we, I think the gaming industry has to reckon with time and time again, which is that the average price of a game has remained static despite inflation after all these years, and a $60 game is what we've been paying since the Nintendo 64 days, okay? So, of course, there was going to be a change somehow in that games are going to be harder to produce, take longer to produce, as the quality and expectations that come with a AAA game go up and up and up. You know, I mean, everyone in, seems to be going this open world route that just makes games harder and longer to make. And, and if we want to have that standard of, we want every game to be Elden Ring or close to it when it comes out day one. Just no one's going to be able to keep up with that anymore. We're looking at a cycle now where you know, six, eight years is what you need to really put out a game. And so few publishers are willing to pony up for that kind of long-term investment. 
and the ones that are cranking them out, even Call of Duty. We've talked about this before. Call of Duty, the the staple of put turn something out every year and just hope it sticks, has like, okay, maybe we should back up and start, you know, not releasing games every year. I think that was the the red flag, right? The canary in the coal mine that the, the gaming industry is getting ready to to have a huge shift. So, you know, I, I, I definitely agree with all the points here. I think there was probably a better way to reply to it. I do love a little sassy tweet war, you know, like when I Wendy's mean, or McDonald's gets at it. Yeah, but, but this, come on. We don't yeah. got to punch down. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're all about positivity. Yeah. You get it. Of course. No, I, I, I get it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll watch a, a Twitter war unfold, uh, even though I don't want to actually participate in <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no. But, it, yeah, it's very oh. interesting. But that's the big thing, you know, Brad, I think is just that because the AAA games aren't coming, the conversation now is do do indie games truly sustain the value that comes with Xbox Game Pass? My answer is hell yes, it does, especially when I know that the, the the developers that are on Xbox Game Pass, and there's been countless articles talking about this, they get taken care of. They're getting a lump sum up front that literally keeps studios in business. Mm-hmm. You know, that if they had just gone, hey, here's our Kickstarter, we hope we'll sell enough. You know, they may not be able to to keep the lights on, but because they're getting such a, a generous upfront payment with that, the way that the, the Game Pass uh, compensates people to be on it, yeah, and you're getting visibility that in a in a Steam market right now of just uh you know a sea of indie titles, and my God, the Nintendo Switch market right now is a disaster with oh, how many God. new <laughs> just shovelware titles are on there every single day. <laughs> um, having that ability to cut through the fog and be like, hey, here's our game, you know, I'm I'm thinking of like uh, a Turnip Boy commits tax evasion just came out on the Game Pass, delightful little game that Terry wrote about on our on our blog at uh, quitthebuild.com/blog. Um, and even uh, newer games, right? Well, uh, relatively newer games that are now coming out that are kind of just indie darlings that are only worth, you know, two, three, four, five bucks. But if 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 my, you know, uh, 15 bucks per month uh, means that a lot of these indie developers are going to, you know, get that funding and get that recognition and possibly be able to move on to make more great games, I am more than happy with an ongoing subscription to Game Pass. Does that answer your question, Brad? I think it does. Okay. I, I like it. I agree with you. I, I, I know, but like, you know, I mean, and not to say that we wouldn't see those games otherwise, but I think, like you said, the Game Pass model provides a clear, transparent platform where you can find act, quick access to these games that maybe you wouldn't know about otherwise or wouldn't, you know, I've got it for, I've got them all for $15. Maybe one month I would spend $20 on a few games. Maybe the next month I spend two or three, right? But Overall, right. if, if, if the platform itself is ensuring the longevity of these indie game development companies, then that is that is a benefit to the industry, not just to, you know, like, as we've said, you know, Microsoft's taking a loss on the Game Pass model. It's not like they're benefiting hugely from, you know, profit-wise from the Game Pass model. So there's definitely a uh, sustainability aspect to the industry going on here that's behind the scenes that maybe we don't highlight all the time, but is like you said, I think that's where the value and the win is for me too. Yeah. Now, Clara, I'll ask you because, you know, we we're talking about this a little bit in the pre-show that, you know, it, it's crazy seeing how all of these small games are getting just viral breakout success, not necessarily because of Game Pass, but it seems like right now we're kind of in the just the era of the indie game. We're a well-made indie game that knows its niche, that can just produce a, a, a smaller experience that is just complete from start to finish really has a chance to cut through the fog and this uh this this what i'm looking at right now essentially uh, is the uh, steam chart for uh vampire survivors which is a game that came out um late last year 
And now it just came out on Xbox uh, Game Pass PC, and it's only a couple bucks. I, I owned it before it, it released on Game Pass. And I mean, just look at these numbers, right? In in December 2021, there were only that 12 peak players, 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then in January of 2022, uh, a, a modest 261,000% increase up to 50,000 concurrent players still has 50,000 uh, to this day. Um, and it's just a, a, an absolute joy of a game to play. And it's kind of taken everybody by storm. Everyone's talking about this game. It, it's kind of nice to see. I, personally, I think it's it's the time for indies to shine. And I don't see anything wrong with that. What do you think, Clara? Oh, God, I'm like the world's biggest supporter of indie games. I mean, I just I just went and bought like the, what, $15 Ukraine bundle on Itch.io that was like, I think it was like 700 so and games. something video games. You're I was never like, play all those games. oh, absolutely <laughs> not. But you know what? I can feel really good about hoarding them. But like, yeah. but, but I mean, to the point about discoverability, right? Like I hadn't heard of most of those games, but you know what? I have been balls deep in CrossCode lately. And that's just a random game that I pulled out of there that I would have never heard of. And I'm like, oh, it's just like an isekai. You're like a person that's stuck in an MMO. It's just that hack sign, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, okay. oh, oh, no, this is actually really good and satisfying. <laughs> and I am not going to spoil why. But like, you know, I've got like 40 hours in that game now. And that's just a random game that I picked up. So like, yeah, indie games, absolutely. Like they deserve their time to shine. And I think that I think that the developers who put the work into them, a lot of times, that's a labor of love, just getting it started. <laughs> and I mean, like, talk about Vampire Survivor. That was something he did on weekends. He never expected it to take off like this. That's <laughs> How could you, right? I, it's I, just, it's so wild. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. But I mean, but yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that that's, I think that, I think that indie games are an opportunity for people to tell really powerful stories and just make really interesting mechanics that you wouldn't be able to see elsewhere and, and do interesting things that, it doesn't have to be like a, a 40 hour experience like I'm having with CrossCode. I played another one that was a really cool story that I played like three endings and it took me 20 minutes and it was a really cool story. Like that was charming and worth it for the emotion that I got out of it, I guess. I don't know. But it's just like there's there's so much that you can do with indie games that they they need the financial support to be able to continue giving those experiences to gamers straight up. Sure. You know, I can think of so many experiences where in the last 10 years of gaming, give or take. I've had more novel, just like, you know, uh, childlike experiences of Glee, playing a game and getting immersed in it. And, and, you know, just the hours fly by and suddenly it's two in the morning, you know, playing these types of games, like I said, that, that, that follow that niche of we know what we want to be and we're going to dial it in and give you exactly what you guys are looking for. Um, I think of uh, Shovel Knight or Undertale where just mm -hmm. they, they figured it out and we're all better off for it. And some of them even do end up making it to Game Pass. Undertale was on there for a while. Um, that those are the games that, you know, I, I love talking about and love sharing with other people because they're inexpensive. Um, they're easy to play. I don't, you know, especially, you know, becoming a middle-aged gamer, like this is one of those things where your, your time <laughs> yeah. is precious. I, if you want to give me a complete experience of a game, maybe even some stories start to finish in like, you know, a couple hours, more power to you. And that's exactly what these indies do just by design. Um, that it's, it's just the perfect way to just get these little little micro doses of, of gaming in unique ways that we, we need to continue exploring. And, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with, with the AAA model as we know it just getting completely turned on its head in the next few years. We're already seeing it. I just don't think we're, we're totally done seeing the direction it's going to go in. But I mean, Brad, you know, I guess I would ask, have you had any, you know, you've been an ongoing Game Pass subscriber for a while now. 
Have you felt the need to actually go in there and check out some of that back catalog or just kind of dive into little games here and there just to see if it, if it, you know, whets your appetite? I think it's really added value to my family dynamic because I'm not the only gamer in my family or in my, you know, relationship, right? So we're all different gamers with different interests and different needs. And I think Game Pass offers something for everyone, right? And, and especially on the indie game front. So yeah, I've gone in, I've scrolled through and I've found certain games like, wow, that looks really interesting. And I'll just click on it, load it, start playing it and kind of just get lost in the game kind of arbitrarily when I wasn't planning to, right? You know, and that that's, I yeah. think that's the innate beauty of it, right? And and I think at, the, at a higher level, they're they can be complementary in each other in terms of the AAA game model and the indie games that exist. I think they can work together where they you fill that time, especially if AAA games are gonna take longer, Fill your time with other games. Give other games a chance. Don't be, don't be the two-game player who plays Fortnite and Call of Duty or, you know, like NBA, whatever, and Call of Duty, right? And you wait for the yearly mm -hmm. releases. Like, then then are you really a true gamer? You're just kind of stuck in your own ways. And if there's people who do that, that's great. And those are the, one, those are the ones who are griping about this drawn-out process of these AAA games getting longer and longer to make. But, you know, it comes with the territory. You're right, Nick. Prices haven't changed, but the size and scope and, and the development of these games and the technology has changed drastically. So something's got to give, and it seems like it's time and effort to be able to deliver those in, in the same way that the developers want to, right? They want to make a game that they're yeah. proud of. And so if that takes longer, then fill your time with other games. I mean, that's what it's there for. And I think that's what Game Pass offers and what I think PlayStation's model is willing to offer as well, especially people who have jumped generations in the same same brand. Maybe you miss some games back on PS3 or you miss some games back on 360 mm -hmm. that now, because of backwards compatibility, you can also play. So, I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this. I do agree. I find the entertainment value of the Twitter war fun i like the back and forth you know sass but maybe with a little bit more class next time uh but you know i, I think i think our our commentary on on what that really means down low about indie games and versus triple a i think there's a lot of value here that we hope folks take a look at beyond just waiting for the next call of duty so yeah I honestly, I, I've had so many incredible gaming experiences over the last few months, just just through QTB and, and the games we've reviewed or checked out or just had conversations about on our Discord server. No joke, the last like two weeks, I have been playing uh, American Truck Simulator with the Dudas Monk. <laughs> Shout out to Terry. We've just been we've just been trucking, you know, on our CB radio. It's Breaker Breaker One Nine. We got ourselves a convoy. <laughs> uh, shout out to Terry. Our our company is called Convoyage, um, and oh. we are uh, uh, Lucius and Alabaster Lancaster, and we've got backstories and everything, you oh know. So and I, I if you game would, is what you're telling me. <laughs> we are role playing because you have nothing That's else incredible. to do. You're just you're just trucking normally. There's no surprises. <laughs> uh, I'm just incredible. going from like California to Oregon to deliver some, you know, some various uh, office supplies. This needs to be but put little, online, Nick. We need to be brought broadcasting that that's incredible I think we need a let's play of the trucking because it's uh, it's yes. something special yeah <laughs> um but just little experiences like that that like over time i've realized i need to to you know reach out and just try different game experiences that i i wouldn't normally try and just step outside my comfort zone once or twice mm -hmm. farming simulator puts out a game every year people I don't know how they do it. I don't know why people want the new ones, but there's a whole sub community and 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 people huh. that are super fans of Farming Simulator, and here I am playing a truck simulating game. So I mean, you know, that that's one of the the beautiful things about Game Pass, you know, because these games are coming to you. There's no risk if you're already subscribed, and like you were saying, Clara, you get one of these little uh, you know H.io bundles, 
and you are just set for life. You said you got 40 hours out of one game in yeah. 700. Yeah. Yeah. That's we are it's, so spoiled as gamers. Let's bad. do the math on that. If you do that for every game, and that's like, oh, you know, kill me. 28, 2800 hours. You, you, I, I mean, gaming. you would. I am there's no way you're still need, standing. I am going to need to find a phylactery and become a lich so that I can just play games <laughs> to all of eternity. That is that is what yeah. I need to do. It's fine. There's going to need to be some undead necromancy or something <laughs> exactly, to, uh, exactly. to sustain that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's reasonable. You know, D&D has decided that's not inherently <laughs> evil anymore. So, like, it's good. I can do that. I'm fine. <laughs> nice. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what uh, what's like rolling a natural 20, and that is joining us on Patreon. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Like our QTB and Fuego supporters, Epic Capture Productions, and Matt.Bat, and our QTB supporters at the plus tier, Nick Nick, the Dudist Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, Mr. Grove Games, the Intergalactic Pinecone, and Fluffy Bunny. We keep adding on names. Eventually, I'm going to run out of breath. I'm not going to be able to do it in one breath. That's the goal. If you can make me inhale while I have to get list off that list, then we've done it. Alternatively, anyway. if he passes out. If I pass out, which can happen at any moment on this podcast. I talk too much. But yeah, thank you so much for our, our supporters. We are doing our fast food series this month where we're doing uh, an episode about retro McDonald's. We just aired that. And our Burger King episode is coming up. You don't want to miss it. So check it out at, uh, at patreon.com slash quit the build. We appreciate you. How about that? Remember, Nick, you can't get in. You can't yeah. get into the BK Lounge without the coops. So, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's there's uh, there's some quality uh, ad campaigns, products, everything. But yeah, a lot of fun. Okay, so you know we actually are going to be diving into uh, a, little, a little bit later talking about your podcast, Clara. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw this in there because you know we were talking in the pre-show about beers, and Brad Brad <laughs> is known. Brad is infamous for his his beer reviews. He has multiple beer review blog articles on our, our website. So I think we need to just get into a, a classic return segment, and that is... What's Brad drinking? And <laughs> oh. we're going to have to lump in Clara because we had a great... We had a great conversation Ooh. in the pre-show, and we got him... I, I think we need to make it happen live, but first, Brad, <laughs> tell us what you're drinking today. Oh, well, today I am drinking an amazing pale ale from our friends down in Slow Brew down in San Luis Obispo, California. So this is called Aussie Kisses, and it's a payload made with exclusively Southern Hemisphere Galaxy and Nelson hops. So nice. for those out there who live in the you know uh, San Luis Obispo area, check out Slow Brew. They're fantastic. It's good beer, and I uh, can't go wrong. But I have to say, I feel like I'm coming in with my B-level game tonight, and our special guest has one heck of a cool brew to share with us. Oh my god! All right, <laughs> give it to us, Clara. What do you right, got? All right, so let's see if I can hold this to the camera. So I'm drinking. Oh, it looks so cool. Brunch crunch here. It is a cinnamon toast crunch themed uh, coffee ale with. Uh, oh, sorry, blonde ale with coffee and cinnamon. I know how to talk. I'm a podcaster, um, <laughs> and it's it's a micro brew. So I'm pretty sure it's a limited release. It's from Molly's Brewery out here, um, about an hour outside of Baltimore, Maryland, and I had not discovered them until this exact six pack when i bought this six pack and this is my last can and i'm really upset about it <laughs> so, uh. so what's beautiful and why i love this segment it's not it's just not about how good the beer is it's about the full experience the can artwork it draws you in brunch yeah. crunch you look like you're buying Listen, cinnamon toast crunch off the shelf. the shelf yeah. exactly mm-hmm. i saw this on the that's shelf that's eye catching and i was mm-hmm. like this is this is cinnamon toast crunch and like you can tell it's just it's just a little local brew i mean it's like a wrapped can i'm just it's it's perfect 
and, and that's what here. that's what it's about it's just about it's like games right it's from start to finish you you want to get that game you want to see the cover you want to see the album artwork you want to the intro on the game everything about it same thing with beer it's the can it's the the smell the crack of the can the pour of the, you know the pour of the beer the color the the nose the taste i mean it's a it's a top to bottom experience and i have to say those types of cans are great i mean that's it's what grabs your attention you want to try it you want to know am i drinking cinnamon toast crunch in a can and i think you are right yes yes with, yeah with some coffee you absolutely are with some with coffee, coffee. Nice. so it's a it's a full it's a re- breakfast replacement right on a it saturday is exactly a full breakfast highly <laughs> recommended for brunch <laughs> i love it you know honestly brad and I, I'm, I'm just throwing this out there you know and I, I've, I've gone through a craft beer you know uh, shop or two and when i'm just window shopping that's what it is it has to catch your eye if you've never seen it before because the, the all these different brews come and go and what's crazy about it is I think it really is like classic game shopping back in the day, right? We've talked about this before where you'll walk into, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the 90s, the Toys R Us, right? And you got all these games out there and maybe there's a display somewhere, but you don't know what the heck these games are, right? Maybe you've heard of one or two, but or you're renting a game and you just, you know, you have no, nothing to go off of other than what is the box art? What are they putting in front of me? And so that's exactly what you're getting with with uh, something like that because they're just playing to that retro sensibility and saying, oh, you know, that if, if you like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you're going to recognize that mm-hmm. and you're going to go for it. So, Clara, I, I think we have to get a rating here. You're going to have to go ahead and... Rate that thing. Out of 10, what do you got for us? All right, out of 10. Mm, I mean, I'm a sucker for coffee and cinnamon. Those are two of my favorite tasting notes literally ever. So okay. for me, this is probably a 9 out of 10. Ooh. Nine out of ten. It's really Whoa! High. And I have to tell you, it does not taste the same if you try to drink it at a higher elevation. I took a can to Denver with me like last week, and it was not the same. It was not as good. Wow. So okay, you know, got. I, bl- I, I blame our. I blame our. I blame our. I blame our biology more so than the beer. I think we our nose and our smell gets all. Uh, you know that uh, you the know, thin air and the elevation. You know it is actually <laughs> true. Your your sense of taste and smell does diminish the higher elevation you go. That's why in airplanes the snacks always taste like garbage. Like international flights, oh. it, they literally cannot feed you better food because you won't taste it anyway. It doesn't matter. So, you know so what? that You're is the deal right. with 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 the airline peanuts. Yeah, that is the deal. That is the deal. We've solved the Seinfeld mystery. We did. We did. Wow. It's elevation. Look at us just wow. I mean, we're we're break, breaking news here. In the year of on... our Lord 2022, we have learned. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, and like you universe. said, Nick, I think you made the perfect connection, the first cross segment, right? It's like shopping for the games in the 90s, right? And and that's why, you know, gaming games inspire a lot of these beers. I mean, if you go to our blog, I've written I think 3 or 4 now a series of game-inspired beers, and you can go check yes. out the sweet can artwork. I think we let off with a really strong one. It was Sonic the Hedgehog from a brewery out here oh, in so California, good. and it literally mm-hmm. is a represent. It looks like Sonic on the can. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're right. We're all right, right? I mean, a good beer comes with the beer itself, but the can artwork and the experience is part of today of what what drives you to buy them. So, uh, kudos to Brunch Crunch. I gotta find a way to get my hands on that because that looks incredible. If, if I find another six-pack, I'll send it to you. I got you. Oh, I love nice. it. There beer we go. Trades. That's, we got to start that. Yes. QTB Beer Trades. That's right. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Very good. And so I got some people responding in chat here. We have uh, Kung Fu Penguin saying he loves some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ate it yesterday. Yes, That's a cereal of champions. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the goat of cereal. Like, I, I am never disappointed. Like, a Ooh. legit flavor. 
Uh, okay. That's, okay. That's okay. Fair. Look, that's a, that's a fair. It's, it's that's a, a take. fair suggestion. That's a take. Yes. A take. What's your number one? Go ahead. Anything goes on this episode. Come on, give me your top cereal. Oh, for me, it's a toss up between mm-hmm. Frosted Flakes and Apple Jacks. Both of those are incredible. Uh, mm. Mm. So sugar and something that doesn't taste like apple. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Or Apple Cinnamon Cheerios is another one. I mean, Ew. those are you know. That's uh, oh, okay. You know. Okay. Whoa, okay. What do you got <laughs> over there? <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm You're gonna sorry. Throw cereal shade. I don't like the taste of fake apple cereal. Apparently, um, no. Uh, Frosted flakes, though, <laughs> excellent choice. That's what's in my kitchen right now. Okay. Um, no, mm-hmm. my 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 top two. Cinnamon toast crunch and Frosted flakes. I mean. Okay, so we 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 got a we got a we got a combo like, there. And the audience loves it, Brad. And, and this is what happens when Bruno gives me control of the soundboard. Ooh, <laughs> the power is going to your head. <laughs> Clearly. I love it. Also, we have uh, Fluffy Bunny saying, so glad to see the beer segments back. I know. Every night, you you never know. You know, on those slow news days, you just never quite know what's going to pop up on the QTB podcast. You love to see it. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, as always, thanks so much to our uh, sponsor, Pierce Unlimited, for marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business. Visit PierceUnlimited.com. Now, uh, look, we got to get into this because, Clara, I am really excited to give you a chance to, to plug this show because I am, you know, I, I have a very limited uh, number of podcasts that I subscribe to outside of, of the QTB network. And one of my, my proud top five there on, on Spotify, every time I pull it up on Android Auto, has got to be Replay. Aww. So tell us more <laughs> about the podcast and uh, what, what's going on there. Um, yeah, well, Replay is a, it's a gaming podcast. It's a, it's a little different. It's not, um, you know, news or whatever the way, the way that like QTV does. Um, it's really digging deeper into gaming. So it's about the experiences itself and, and how do we create those experiences and how do we share them as a community? And I, you know, I started this podcast really, um, because I wanted to listen to a diverse and inclusive podcast and in the gaming world that doesn't really exist. I had a really hard time finding, I mean, tons of podcasts that I love to listen to, but no offense, Nick, they're all white dudes. Like, <laughs> look, guilty as charged. <laughs> like, I can't, yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, I just get tired of hearing it. No, uh, no, um, but it, there's really good content out there, but I, I really wanted to create something that really would lift up those voices in the gaming community that you just don't hear. So on my show, mm. I, every single episode, I, I bring on a guest from the industry. They're all some kind of industry insider. Um, not necessarily just video games. I've interviewed LARPers. My next episode's actually going to be the uh, first ever professional LARPer in the entire world. So that's really cool. Really? Uh, yeah, she's 23, wow. 23 years old, 25, whatever. She's a baby. And I was like, you're amazing. Anyway, um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, we do cool stuff like that. Nick's pulling up right now. Uh, my most recent episode with Elaine Gomez. And then before that, it was yeah. uh, Chell Wong. So these are these are women in the industry who are doing really interesting things and have things that they're really passionate about that I'm bringing up. I um, have talked before to people who have worked on what my first episode was somebody, the, the art lead for um, Madden mobile actually. Uh, So like, so it really, it, it runs the gamut from like AAA to indie titles. Um, I'm really excited. I get to talk to someone that's working on ESO later this season. And, and so, um, I just try to bring in these different topics that are a little bit different than what you would normally hear and, and give them a platform to just exist and be fun. And that's what I do. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what I love about the show, you know, is that, and you're right. There are so few shows that really focus in on 
giving a voice to some of the uh, you know the, the, the groups of people that I think have the most chat the, the, the biggest amount of challenges in the gaming industry because mm-hmm. I, I think even in, in 2022 I don't think I know you know uh, toxicity is still a thing and uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, making sure to exclude people exclusion is still a thing within gaming communities and it's you know it's it's so important yeah. that especially because so many of your guests you know are are within that that LGBTQ community. Um, or just have really unique stories or just yeah. something, you know, in their backstory that is so worth hearing um, that you really get in in every episode. And yeah, you know, season three so far has been great. I, I did hear the episode um, with Chell Wong. The, 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 the relationship between you two, <laughs> listening to you two, two talk. If you, if you two don't start some podcast, you're doing it wrong. You literally had merchandise created as a result of um, it, right? The French lip, uh, friendship uh, slut mug. Friendship slut. Yeah, it's not just a mug. I've got stickers and tank tops and T-shirts. And I tried to make booty it. shorts, but it wouldn't print properly across the butt. And, like, you just can't do that. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's I got to of those. I'm about she's that. She's incredible. And to, to be completely honest, that was the second time in my life I'd ever had a conversation with her. And um, wow. when we recorded that show. And I just... I love her and she's wonderful and we're friends now. It's great. But, but yeah, I think that's one of the things, honestly, every time I leave a recording, I'm like, oh, I just left with another friend. So (laughs) that's really how it feels because when you talk to these people about the things that they're really passionate about and you get to like share those things with each other and share, you know, talk about why that's meaningful. um, You just really connect with people in a way that I think is, is different. Um, Gaming brings people together in the weirdest fucking ways. That's, well, That's all, and, you know. And, and I think you hit on the head there too. Is providing a platform where you genuinely listen. I think a lot of times in today's society, people are half listening to what you're saying and half tuning you out because they're mm-hmm. focused on something else. So to create an arena, could create an environment where you're having an honest conversation, 100% devoted attention and active listening to what someone else is saying and you're invested in their story. I think that's really what breeds amazing content and amazing partnerships, right? And and mm-hmm. for the listen and for the listeners, right? I mean, you're hearing, you know, you're hearing the the pain, the passion, the excitement, the enjoyment and you can there's relatability there, I think, for everyone. So mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of what you can put out there and what you've been putting out there is not just the content itself, but the relationships that you're cultivating by being an active and engaged listener. So it means so much to me to hear. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey, and here, look, the audience loves it too. Oh. There you go. Thank you. You know, thank you. You're winning over everybody here, Clary. <laughs> you got the you got the beer knowledge. The gaming knowledge and yeah, a great podcast to boot. Um, so where can uh, where can our listeners or viewers uh, find your podcast? Uh, everywhere. Um, so I mean, literally, we I, I try to put it at as many places as possible. I'm on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Got a lot of people that listen to me on Stitcher randomly. Like I don't know, I <laughs> I'm all over the place. I I always post yeah. the episodes in YouTube as well. So if you just like to have that, you know, in a playlist or a queue during the day while you're working or whatever like I often do just throw that up there um yeah I'm everywhere I'm everywhere awesome yeah and the name of the show there is re colon play right there's a there's a colon in between re and play one word um so that's how you can find the show and uh yeah great stuff and uh, we'll make sure to include the link to that show uh in our our descriptions everyone can uh, check it out and uh definitely subscribe and uh get some of that uh that wholesome and really informative content 
um, that uh, the gaming industry simply needs more of. And also, you know, you uh, replay is also a part of of the Victor Media Group, who are very much friends of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 go back quite a ways, and you know, I I, I definitely want to pull a little plug in here because you uh, just unveiled something recently called called Victor Voice, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we sort of uh, took a, we're a very small, very, very small team, (laughs) just to preface that. Um, And so we kind of stumbled on this idea of software that translates your audio from one language into, I mean, multiple others. You can do it as many times as you want. I've had pieces of audio now that I've put into like five or six different languages just because I can. And um, yeah, so we kind of stumbled on this idea. We really wanted to start translating some of our content uh, into other languages because we knew that there was demand for content, especially there's a huge like Spanish-speaking podcasting market that's on the rise yeah. um, and, and just just so much content out there that people can't access because there's language barriers. And so that's sort of where we started. And um, I don't know, six months later, we had fully functioning software and we're like, we should probably sell this. <laughs> So we did. That's incredible. Um, Six months. Yeah. Wow. Uh, It was not very long from the start of from this from when we first started developing it to yeah full launch was I mean it was definitely less than a year I think it was somewhere around six to eight months something like that so it was an incredible process to be a part of um, and we are now live I can I can give you a million codes for free if you want to just try it and give us feedback (laughs) but um, yeah yeah, it's a really great tool especially for transcription and um, for that translation piece we actually have a way that you can check the translation to make sure it says what you think it says (laughs) which is something that most I mean you put something in Google Translate it's not gonna give you that feedback of like okay you gave me something in Spanish but does that mean what I think it means or is it like those Chinese knockoff English shirts like (laughs) it's it's like more of like a contextual translation not just a word-for-word translation right so it helps you understand what you're saying in a sentence structure rather than Mm -hmm. just a word-for-word translation because I know in different languages the sentence structure and connotation can be very different different and organized right so So, yeah a good translator can be more so than just the words it's it's actually trying to make sure that you're capturing the same intention of how you're writing or what mm-hmm. you're saying and and you know it's it's ai driven so there's limitations on that of course but that's why you know you have to pair the human element with that computing element so we give a tool you know we provide a tool that allows you to be able to do that and make sure that it's correct and your message is what you want it to say so um i think it's a great tool for content creators that are trying to reach multiple audiences you know, maybe you have a huge Spanish speaking, you know, part of your audience and you want a way to talk to them in their native language. So they're not always having to listen to you in yours. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. So what you're saying is I can just take an episode of Quit the Build, put it in this software, and then the world can experience the beauty that would be Abandonar la Construcción. Cool. <laughs> Yes. Which is with the build in Spanish. <laughs> there it is, folks. <laughs> I love it. Get that podcast start up oh, ASAP. Yeah. ALC. See, I, I, I see the I logo leave, coming. It says leave the building leave at the, the bottom. Building. There we go. <laughs> uh, you love to see that's it. So that's amazing. Where, where, I'm just kidding. <laughs> where can our listeners and, and, and viewers check that out? Oh, yeah. Our website is just www.victorvoice.co. Very, very simple. Um, and you can sign up through there. If you want to talk to me about it specifically, you can even email me. My email is just clara at victormediagroup.co. Um, and, and I'm happy to chat your ear off about it. We've also got demos and stuff on Vic, on uh, YouTube under Victor Voice if you want to look that up. 
incredible that is so cool yeah and that i mean for any podcaster that is looking to expand their reach i mean convenience is where it's at like you've got to be able to be a time efficient especially with smaller groups so i can see a lot of people (laughs) i yeah yeah i mean the way you're making it sound i'm sold so (laughs) there you go abandon our la construction i guess i got to get the announcer to uh to do, to do a new yes. uh, a new set of uh, voice files. Yeah, that would be awesome. Our VO guy. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. We're going we're going global with with, with the with the translator software. Here we go, Nick. There you go. Strap in. <laughs> I'm all about it. Fantastic. Well, very cool, Clara. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. And uh, it's it's been a lot of fun having you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad I finally got to hang out with y'all. <laughs> you know, that's what it is. You get to hang out, and talk about beer and video games. Hell Works yeah. out that way. Oh, yeah. Not too bad for two white guys, right? <laughs> listen, there's a reason I best. listen to your show. Uh, there we right. go. We've risen, up, we've risen to the top, Nick. We've, we've won. That's right. We did it. That's, that's very affirming. Trust me. This was me. Thunderdome yeah. and Quit the Build was the only people to walk out alive. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, well, our website is definitely worth checking out as well. Everybody go to quitthebuild.com. Um, and also, while you're there, uh, if you're listening to our, our main podcast feed or us on, on, on YouTube, we just put up the uh, the next part in our QTB Legends series with gaming industry legend Don Traeger, who uh, co-founded EA Sports, talking about his time working with the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Jordan himself. His airness, back in yes. The- yeah, in the glory days, right, Brad, where, you know, you actually worked one-on-one with with celebrity athletes to develop video games. What a time. And 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 some some a little bit about working with Larry Bird too. He got to work with yeah. Don got to work one-on-one with some of the most high-profile NBA players of all time, especially when and landing them individually with contracts in the league and and putting out these these games that I, I frankly now are hard to do because you can't afford these contracts with players or the leagues anymore. So uh, quite an amazing episode. I mean, along with all of the unique, uh, I would say, personalized memorabilia Don's uh, accumulated from Michael and others over the years. Uh, it's a great listen. Check it out. Check out our QTB Legend series. I think this is what, part six with Don? We, we've, we've got an opportunity to really <laughs> dive in with Don on several episodes. and uh, He's got that many stories. He does. It's so, wild. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got uh, Jay Concept Art in the chat saying, you could say it's legend, wait for it, and I hope you're not lactose intolerant, dairy. There, there it, it is. is. Shout out to Barney Check Stimson. it out. <laughs> Amazing. Well, again, everybody, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Until next time, for Clara and Brad, I'm Nick. For Clara and Nick, I'm Brad. For Nick and Brad, I'm Clara. Oh, she did it. Hey. You love to see it. What it do? <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
Until next time, right here on the QTB Podcast, for Brad and Barry, I'm Nick. For Barry and Nick, I'm Brad. For Nick and Brad, I'm Barry. Nailed it. Peace out. What it do.